what's going on everybody thank you for tuning in bro so the other day i was upset right because motionless and white one of my favorite bands in the world they announced a summer tour with in this moment but dude my surrounding areas los angeles san diego here in riverside nothing was announced for that tour i was mad okay i was upset but that all changed today because they announced the fall tour with Knock Loose. If you don't know who Knock Loose is, just go look at them up on Twitter at their performance at Coachella. And they're playing the Torch, which I believe is like a little outdoor stage right in front of the Coliseum. It's crazy. I've seen pictures. Like, that's nuts. So I'm going to try to go to that. I'm pretty excited. I can't wait for them to play Slaughterhouse. I'm only mad that they're not going to play Eternally Yours. Because he already said that they're not going to play that on this tour. He's probably like, nah, that song's too soft for this hardcore-ass tour that we're going to do with Knock Loose. At the time he's saying this, I didn't know that Knock Loose was going to be the main support act. But I am excited. Like, next level excited. You guys have no idea how excited I am. But that's all I got for you guys. I'll let you know if I got tickets. Remember, follow me, Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore PITM on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later. Have a great day. everybody welcome back to the punch in the mouth podcast i'm adrian episode number 103 i cannot believe we are here again and i'm gonna keep saying this and the more i say it the more i can't believe it episode 103 we're gonna get into the nate diaz arrest um how it could affect the jake paul fight we're going to get into the results of all the UFC, Bellator, Ryan Garcia versus Tank Davis. We're going to get into all that. But the biggest takeaway here is I think I need to stop making the graphic for the bets because when I don't make it is when I do my best. If Bobby Green would have won, I would have gotten all my bets right except the Rafian Stans versus Petchy Mix fight because Petchy Mix knocked out Rafian Stans for those who didn't see the fight. It was nuts, man. Nuts. It was good while it lasted, though. It wasn't as good as the Ryan Garcia Tank Davis fight. I'll be real with you guys. It wasn't that good, but Rafael Stans versus Patchy Minx was a pretty good fight. Pretty good fight. Here we go. Let's start with the Nate Diaz arrest, and then we'll, we'll look into the bets and all that stuff. Is that cool with you guys? Cool. Let's see. I'm just going to Google Nate Diaz. New Orleans police, Nate Diaz charged with second degree battering arrest warrant issue. For those that don't know, I guess Chris Avila was fighting on KSI's Misfits Boxing and their event was in New Orleans. So Nate, being the friend he is, 
he went to support his friend. Some guy started talking smack to him, and I know everybody's going to be like, well, why does he have to act that way? That's just the way he is. Some guy started talk talking smack to I don't even know if it was him or just one of his friends, and he tells them. Well, he didn't tell me. He just threw his water bottle at him. They keep water bottles away from Nate. And then they go outside, and some dude gets in his face, and Nate, Nate did not punch him. I want that to be very clear. Like, Nate didn't throw a punch. The dude got into his face. Nate grabbed him to get him out of his face. And then the dude started being aggressive. This isn't anything off of this thing. I'm just telling you what I know. And then Nate went for a guillotine choke, choked him out, and let him fall onto the concrete. The dude looked like Logan Paul. He actually looks like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, honestly. And the dude went and put out a video after the fact with his head all bloody because I would imagine it split open after he fell on the floor. He fell hard because they just let him go. He didn't like easily put him down or anything. But let's see what this article says. New Orleans police has issued an arrest warrant for Nate Diaz on suspicious of second degree battery in the wake of a Bourbon Street brawl that went viral. Now look, I don't like when they say on suspicion. You could say... We caught him on video. We can see that he choked this guy out. But they have to. I understand why they do it. But that's just hilarious to me. New Orleans Police Department spokesman Karen A. Roderi confirmed the charge to MMA fighting on Monday night. But could not provide additional details on the warrant. There was an arrest warrant issued. He is not in custody, Roderi said. Diaz representative declined comment when reached by MMA fighting. But Jerry said the New Orleans Police Department issued the charge after gathering video of the incident in which Diaz allegedly choked unconscious Logan Paul lookalike Rodney Peterson. Not allegedly. Nate Diaz choked him the fuck out. He choked him like, like you know what it looked like? Like when John Jones choked out Leota Machida. That's what that looked like. But then Nate threw a knee, allegedly, but I like the word allegedly because we don't know if it was Nate. It could be someone that looked like Nate. But okay, let's say it is Nate. Rodney Peterson admitted a brawl that spilled out of a bar. Oh, okay, I got confused. So it Rodney Peterson admit a bar spilled out of a bar. Peterson later showed off a grisly head injury and vowed revenge on Diaz, who was in New Orleans. The sports teammate Chris Avila for a fight at Misfits Boxing Six. You see, but I don't. I don't understand. And I know that this guy is a one and zero professional boxer, so so they know Nate has clout. And like, do people think this is an act when it comes to both of them, Nick and Nate? Like, it's not an act to them. Like, if you come at them aggressive, they're gonna react. And dude, ask Mayhem Miller, bro. Probably said. The Bourbon Street police were called to break up a large fight. One officer can be seen in the video trying to de-escalate the brawl, spilling out of the bar, but missed a blonde-haired man identified as Peterson, falling back unconscious to the concrete. The New Orleans Police Department subsequently released a statement on the altercation and, charge, and the charge against Diaz. And then the statement goes... At or about 2.10 a.m. on Saturday, April 22nd, New Orleans Police Department, Bourbon Street, pro-mundane officers and supervisors were alerted to a large altercation in the 400 block of Bourbon Street. The statement read, 
The officers were able to disperse the crowd. Witnesses alerted the officers to a white male subject who was believed to be unconscious a short time later. Subject regained consciousness. Officer observed the subject was bleeding from the rear of the head and EMS was summoned to render aid. After investigating, an arrest warrant was issued for Nate Diaz. He has been charged with second-degree battery. He is not in custody at, at this time. Second-degree battery is a felony in Louisiana that is punishable by up to eight years in prison with or without hard labor, a $2,000 fine, or both. And it goes on to say, The street brawl followed another altercation at the arena for the Influor boxing event when Diaz threw a water bottle at Chase D. Moore barking in melee where security intervened. And then it goes on to say, Diaz is set to face Jake Paul in August boxing matches first appearance since leaving the UFC as a free agent. My only thing here is, like, what did you guys expect? That's the way these guys are. That's why we love them. And then for people to start saying, oh, why is he still acting like a thug? Like, in Nate's mind, he's still Nate. He's still a dude that grew up in Stockton defending himself every day that's what it is like if you talk smack you could walk up to him and be messing with him like they don't have that if you're talking shit to them they're taking offense to that and they're getting ready to fight you for reals like people need to stop like people need to stop being like oh i'll take on that guy like it's not a game to them bro like i get it people want clout but it's not it's not a game to these guys like they're really like this like so people need to just be cool with them, they'll be cool with you, but you want to start shit, look at them the wrong way, and they don't like that, and they're ready to fight. Just saying, bro. People aren't going to like to hear that, but that's the truth. Gervonta Davis versus Ryan Garcia. Oh, and before I get totally off the subject of Nathan Diaz, I believe the fight with Jake Paul is not in jeopardy because people are going to see that this Rodney guy um, clearly got into Nate's face first because there's even a video where Nate looks like he's trying to get away. Before we get into all the good stuff, I'm going to look at these scorecards. I guess in boxing is different. In boxing, like the favorable guy goes blue or they get to pick, but okay. Anyway, all three judges gave Ryan Garcia the first round. Did these judges not know that you give a boxer a 10-8 round if they knocked another opponent down? He knocked him down in the second round, right? Unless, as this article explains, so all these judges think that Ryan would have won because they're saying, because they all gave it 10-9, but because, because of the knockdown, so I didn't think of it that way. So I... Okay, I agree with it, but how do you give it a tie? Because I would assume, okay, you knocked him down, so you automatically get 10 points, and then we're going to deduct this guy 10-8. But okay, that, that's fine. That's fine. I, I'm i not mad at that, because I did think, okay, can I give you guys my honest opinion? The first, second, the third, the fourth. Dude, is this guy? So as I was saying, looking at that, I'm not too mad about it. But how does a, a judge give it 10-10? So so were you were you were you gonna give Ryan like 11-9 or something like that? Like what? I guess because so as I was saying before, to me Ryan won the first round, the second round, 
Well, not the second round because I already gave it 10-8. But going to that logic, without that knockdown, that was Javon, I mean, Brian Garcia's win. The third round, I gave it to Dave. No, no, no. The third round, I also gave it to Ryan. The fourth round, I gave it to Davis. The fifth round, I gave it to Ryan. So I had Ryan up three rounds to two, right? Yeah. Then, the sixth round, I don't really remember, but I think that's when I started giving it to Gervonta. And the seventh round is when it was over, right? But what Ryan did really well is he, because I kept telling everybody that don't doesn't watch boxing, Ryan is going to come at him early with pressure, like the Nate and Nick Diaz style, where they pressure fighters. Now, don't give me shit. I love the Diaz brothers, and that's why people are going to say that's why he's talking about them like that. Because he loves them so much that he he's talking about them. He, that's what he does. But it's not that. It's not that. Okay? What it is is that I knew Ryan is a pressured fighter. And because he's undefeated, he's only 24. Okay? So if you think this is going to be a detriment to his career, no. Would his career been way bigger if he would have won? Yes. But it's not a detriment to his career. He had the deck stacked against him, okay? He had to weigh in, rehydrate, because they had to weigh in at 136. He had to rehydrate, and I believe he couldn't weigh no more than 10 pounds, so he had to weigh in no less than 146. So, if he went over the night before, he had to cut weight again on Saturday and weigh in. I believe he weighed in at 144.6 or something like that. So, imagine he has to cut weight on Saturday. Now, that's going to affect his performance, right? But to negate all that, this is what I have to say on that. Like, there's no denying Ryan had the deck stacked against him. But he signed the contract. So anybody mad about the fact that they made him do this? Like, it's fine to be upset, but he signed the contract. I don't want to hear no excuses. Ryan Garcia lost that fight, okay? He lost that fight. So I don't want to hear excuses. He said yes to their conditions, and he fought under those conditions. Were they the best? No. If this has no rehydration clause and they fight at 140, would it be a different fight? I believe so. How much different? I don't know. But Tank, who did he learn from? Who was his mentor? This guy Floyd Mayweather, have you guys ever heard of him? That guy's 50 and 0. Undefeated in boxing. And I know people are going to be like, well, he fought people before their primes or way past their primes. It doesn't matter. He still beat them. Right? He beat them, so we can't say anything. So let's go back to the scorecards. Let's go back to the scorecards. Let's go back to these scorecards. I don't agree with this at all. I thought Ryan was winning the fight. And then, because going into the fight, I'm like, Ryan wins early rounds. And then Gervonta's going to turn it around in the second half. Because honestly, I thought this fight was going to end up being a draw. Because both of these guys' careers has too much money for them to have lost. So I thought, if this goes to decision, this is going to end up being a draw. There's too much money on these guys' careers. And because they have an even number of rounds. If you had an odd number of rounds, there would be a lot less draws in boxing. Trust me on that. Because there's no way out. If you had 13 rounds instead of 12, you could have been like, oh, well, I gave, I gave six rounds to Ryan and six rounds to Tank. But if you had odd numbers, there's no way out unless there's, like, knockdowns, you know? 
I don't know if people realize that. I don't know if people realize that. Turn down the brightness on this thing. If I can find the thing. That is better. Now I can see without feel like I'm going blind. So yeah, man. And then people saying, oh, Ryan gave up. Ryan gave up. Again, going back to what I said. He probably cut weight the day of the fight. He already got rocked in the second round. Like, Tank Davis, that was like as close as a knockout you could get to a knockout. And I'm surprised Ryan got up after that. Because he got his belt rung bad. And then the body shot, Ryan was like, dude, forget this. Like, he even said, I felt weak. He even went on to say that he had a mole in his camp. Let's see. Let's see if I can find it. Let's see. Ryan Garcia calls out mole in camp. For Gervonta's Davis fight. Suspected training partner response. Ryan Garcia and Gervonta Davis threw down in one of the year's most hyped boxing bouts this past Saturday, but the drama isn't over. The other two were cordial after Davis defeated Garcia via wicked body shot knockout in the seventh round. I thought that was a t considered a TKO, but if it's considered a knockout, okay. Garcia now claims that there was a mole in his training camp ahead of the fight. Even Stranger, the alleged mole training partner, Adrian Bat-Tsender Batar, I hope I said that right, I did not, don't think I did, appears to have revealed himself on social media responding to Garcia's accusations with a pair of posts on Instagram. Garcia addressed the controversy in his Instagram story writing, Actually sad, I had a mole in my camp, like, what the fuck, that's crazy, but thank God it, it's brought to light now. And then he goes on to say, also mean didn't also didn't mean for that to come off as an excuse or anything he added. I lost period. I'll come back. But I'm just shocked that a part of my team crossed me, someone close to me. Unbelievable. But it's a testimony that you must be aware of everyone. Garcia did not name the mole, but T Bat Batar shared a video on Instagram in which he claims that he caused the injury to Garcia's body prior to the fight with Davis. Okay, if his body's already compromising, we all know, we don't know how hard, we can say we know, we all seen how hard Tank hits. It only takes him one shot. He has like heavyweight power. It only takes him one shot. And if that part of the body was already compromised, you think Ryan wants to take another hit to the, like, let's say he could get up. Let's say he could get up. And I'm not calling Ryan Garcia a quitter. I'm in no position calling him a quitter, okay? Because... I know my place in the world. I know that I sit here and talk about these fights, but these guys, they're a different breed, okay? But if Garcia, what he knew now, if he hits me there again, I could possibly break a rib or something, or, like, I could be on, I don't want to be in the hospital. So if he was already going in there compromised, and he gets hit there again by Davis, Davis probably going to hit him there again. Like, the mole stuff, that's not why I shared this with you guys, but he's saying, I caused this injury to Ryan in, in the camp. And the guy responds, hey, King Ryan, my bro. My last post, I used Google Translate. The translation was incorrect and confusing. My apologies. Who is the mole? What are you talking about? I am not the mole. I don't even speak English. I don't even like Tank. I will fight him and KO him in the future. During our sparring, I tried to help you and sparred Tank style boxing. I was cheering for you to win against Tank. You are a great boxer, but next time, try to learn from sparring and hopefully you will not get hit.
by the same punch during the fight. Good luck to you and God bless. This guy's 5-0. He hails from Mongolia. He pointed out he doesn't speak English. English is not his first language. Sorry, he doesn't say he doesn't speak English. It's unclear why he chose to address the claims in the manner he has. With the knockout loss, Garcia suffered his first setback of his pro career, falling to 23-1. and Here's another thing. Like, boxing has this culture that if you lose, if you have too many losses, people won't consider you one of the greats. We don't have that in MMA, do we? Some of the biggest characters in the... They might not be the best, but some of the biggest characters and more famous characters have double-digit losses. Nick and Nate Diaz. Jorge Masvidal. Who else? There was another guy that had double-digit losses that I thought was really good. Point being, like, losses don't deter you. Like, you don't think this is going to make Ryan Garcia 10 times better. I mean, he could have kept fighting unknown guys and probably went... 50 and a fucking 80 and oh bro but like this is gonna add to his legacy especially if down the line they can um do the rematch with f favorable terms for both of them because i didn't like the rehydration clause i thought it was stupid but that's just me i thought it was stupid maybe other people liked it but i didn't i wasn't a fan of it you know so we shall see man we shall see but yeah, these these scorecards are all over the place. Besides the first round, uh, one of the judges gave all the rounds to Tank. Again, I guess they were assuming Ryan was winning the second round. But because of the knockdown, that's an automatic win for Tank. But I do like this because it adds a new wrinkle, right? 10-9. But one judge, 10-10. What in God's name were you looking at, my man? And he gave Ryan the third round. So he gave. Hold him up, bro. You gave Gervonta. Bro. What was this guy smoking? Dave, what were you smoking, bro? How do you give Gervonta Davis the first round? Everybody had that for Garcia. Oh, my God. The scorecard's all over, all over the place. Thank God it ended in, in a finish because I, I'm telling you, well, looking at these scorecards, Tank would have won a decision because they were m more than almost halfway through the fight and Tank was winning by a landslide. But I honestly felt that, well, not really because if Ryan doesn't get knocked down in the 7th, he could have still won the 7th, the 8th, the ninth, the 10th. He was still in the fight, man. He was still in the fight. But I didn't want it to go to decision because I thought it was going to end up being a draw because it's boxing, you know. And there's money in them being undefeated, as I just said. It's that. Well, yeah, man. Okay, let's look at the bets. So, as I said on the Wednesday show prior, because of that stupid bet that Gervonta and Garcia made, I was backing out of my pick for Gervonta. So, that's not going to go into account for this. The UFC, I picked three fights. I picked Bobby Green versus Jared Gordon and Bruno Silva versus Brad Tavares and Sergey Pavlovich versus Curtis Blades. Those were my three picks for those fights. Bruno Silva wins. Bobby Green, no contest. And Sergey Pavlovich won. For the Bellator card, I had Yancy Medeiros, Alimale McFarlane, 
Who else did I have? And I had Rafael Stantz, and I had one more other. Aaron Pico. Uh, Yancy won. Aaron won. Alimale won. And the only the only person that lost was uh, Rafael Stantz. So I went one, two, three. Well, I'll count the Bobby Green one as a loss because. So okay, so I went two and two. Because you don't win any money if you bet on green or not, but the ticket just becomes void. So I went two and two. I mean two and one with UFC that night, and then I went three and one with Bellator. So I went five and two overall. I'll give it that. Even though technically Bobby didn't lose, he didn't win either, so I'm counting it as a loss. So I went five and two over the weekend, not including the tank pick. But if you listen to me and you pick tank, good on you, bro. But I'm not going to take credit for that. But let's talk about these UFC fights. Now everybody on Twitter wants um, Sergey Pavlovich to fight John Jones instead of Stipe. Sergey Pavlovich. Let's see where he's at on the rankings. So now Sergey went over Stipe. Um, I mean, he beat tight to Ivasa. He beat Curtis Blades. Like, you can still have him fight Cyril. Tom Aspinall is hurt. Deepay's gonna fight John. Like, so this is what I would do. But this is me. I don't know who his manager is, but they usually go to France in September on a fight night. If what they're saying is true and they're gonna do Jones versus Deepay in New York. Now, Think of it this way. And I was going to reach out to the UFC. I just haven't done it because I've been dealing with other things. But what if they're not being saved for the Madison Square Garden show in November, but they're planning another show earlier in the year, maybe in August, to take place at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn? Because if you read what John Jones said, he said, it would be nice to retire in my home state of New York. He never said, I want to fight at Madison Square Garden, did he? He never said that. He said, I want to fight in New York. That doesn't automatically roll. Oh, he wants to fight at MSG. No, you can also take it to the Barclays Center. Let's, let's see if I can find it. Oh, he did say Madison Square Garden. I didn't know that. I thought he just said how cool it would be to fight in New York. Okay, my, my apologies. But again, that doesn't mean... um. That doesn't mean it's going to happen in November. What if they do two events? Because they were going to do that for Connor. They were going to do an event in Madison Square Garden a couple years ago in July. What if they do two events? But I don't know. Like, that would be hard, right? Like, okay, we're still going to do our yearly November event, but we're also going to do an event in August or something like that. That throws off what I was going to say because I'm like, maybe, maybe. It could happen in the Brooklyn Center. I mean, Barclays Center, sorry. So if I'm Sergey Pavlovich, I'm, I'm looking at this and I have them explain to me what's going on because he probably doesn't understand what that means. So then he goes, okay, let me fight Cyril. Because then you put yourself in a position like, look, I'm going to go fight this guy. I'm going to beat him. And then you guys can't deny me. Because they could still deny him because they're like, well, there's Tom Aspinall, there's Cyril. Even though Cyril just got smoked by John. 
they just used that um, analogy against Benil Dariush where he asked for a title shot in Abu Dhabi and they told him no because he said that the UFC told him Dustin was ahead of him. So for Sergey not to go through that, he should go, okay, let me fight Cyril Gone in the meantime. If you guys have me, fight him in September. Let's hope I get out injury-free. Again, and if Ariel hears this, he's not going to like it, but what I would do is fight Cyril. If they're going back to France in September, hopefully win, then you get on the microphone be like, Dana, I'm the backup fighter, blah, 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 blah. Ensure your title shot for your next fight. Get ready to weigh in in November. If the Stipe Jones fights happens, you're the next guy because... You're, you were the backup fighter. You've been winning. And then if Jones retires, like he says, or if Stipe retires, because for whatever reason, Ariel is harping on the fact that if Stipe Miocic wins his next fight, he's retiring. Okay, he might know something. I don't. That's fine. That is fine. You do the inner, you do a vacant heavyweight fight between Tom Aspinall and Sergey Pavlovich. You're welcome, UFC. You're welcome. You don't think so? I think so. But yeah, I didn't know I said Madison Square Garden. I thought it just said New York. That's why I'm like, oh, I got this. I got this. But yeah, what do you guys think? Make sure you comment. Punch them out the official on Instagram. Official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. I might put this clip out before I release the episode. Let's talk about Bellator. So, Patchy Mix defeats Rafian Stotts. I told you guys. I'm like, when I was doing the picks, I'm like, Patchy Mix is a good guy. Like, don't think he's just a human backpack because he's not. This guy can fight. He was the younger fighter. He, he was going in there with the chip on his shoulder. He learned from the Juan Archuleta fight because he said, I try to finish Juan in the first in the in my fight with him in the first round that I gassed myself out so he learned he was very patient he was very patient when Rafion tried to fake Patchy Patchy threw the knee and knocked him out cold let me see what I can find that could be one of the KOs of the year because of the way Rafion fell Dude, it was gross it was super gross Bellator 295 went down earlier tonight and what was truly an action-packed night of fights that featured the finale of the Bantamweight Grand Prix between Rafion Stott and Patchy Mix. And the fight was over quick, as quick as it began. Mix landed a perfectly placed knee on Stott's chin to put him out cold in the first round. With the win, Mix becomes interim Bantamweight champion as well as he takes home one million, a $1 million check and the Grand Prix strap. He also secured himself a title unification match against the winner of the upcoming championship class between Sergio Perez and Pat, I was going to say Patchy Mix, Patricky Pitbull Freire. Dude, it was bad. It was horrible. So now Rafion, I mean, Patch, sorry about that. I got a lot of things on my mind. Patchy Mix, Mix fights the winner of Patricky Pitbull Patricio Pitbull. They should say Patricio and they put Patricky. That's why I said that. It's Patricio. Patricky's his brother. Now he waits. He said, I'm going to be on the flight on Chicago and I'm going to be in the crowd. But that dude just made life's changing money, bro. 
He made life-changing money. Good on him, man. I'm so happy for him. It's going to be a crazy fight. And I'll tell you this. People aren't going to like what I'm about to say. But if Sergio beats Pitbull, I like Patchy makes his chances. I bet you he'll be the undisputed Bantamweight champion. Whether that fight takes place at the end of the year or early next year. And then Alimale McFarlane also said that she would like her final fight to be against Liz Carmouche. They are training partners. Or they were training partners. And because Liz went while she, Liz was in the UFC, but because Liz went over to Bellator and they were fighting in the same division, Liz decided to go somewhere else and train. They both still live in San Diego. I actually know their jiu-jitsu coach. I'll try to get him on the YouTube channel one of these days. She says she would like her final fight to be against her in Hawaii. So, one more for the Pineapple Princess and she's out of there. She probably wants to have time to herself, you know? Like, she probably doesn't want to fight anymore because fighting takes a lot out of people, man. You have to sacrifice a lot. And she probably just doesn't want to do that anymore. So, we shall see what happens. Please make that fight, Scott Coker. Please make it. And the last thing, I'm just reading this right now. But the final thing I will go over here is Stephen Bonner's death has been revealed. And apparently, I'll just read it. Stephen Bonner's cause of death was a result of an accidental drug overdose. The Ultimate Fighting Championship Hall of Famer died at 45 last year from what at the time was suspected to be heart complications. MMA fighting confirmed with Clark County coroner's office today that the American Psycho's death was ruled an accidental overdose from fentanyl. The synthetic opioid fentanyl, often compared to morphine, is a hundred times more potent than its relative drug and is the center of an ongoing opioid crisis, causing thousands of U.S. overdose deaths like bonds that are often unintentional. Unintentional. In late 2021, former Bellator and professional Fighters League light heavyweight Jordan Young died from an accidental overdose of fentanyl. Is it that with Skittles one? Jesus, they say that stuff is horrible, bro. Fuck. Drugs are horrible, man. But I want to end on a happier note, bro. Like, what? I should not open this. Let's see. Let's see what Nate said about oh look 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 so so okay we're gonna end on this because i love nate diaz and that's just i can't end it like that bro we can't end it like that bro hey now nah, i i'll wait listen to the intro because i already know what i'm gonna say so i hope the intro made you guys laugh because i am gonna say it right now okay this is nate this is nate okay so we read earlier nate's confrontation with Fake Logan Paul. He also looks like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, if I'm honest. Look, so, okay. This is KSI to, to Jake. Well, if that means Jake won't have an opponent in August, then I'll gladly come as a replacement after I KO Joe Fournier in May. That was KSI. And then Jake goes, great. I accept you as the backup opponent. Fight at 185. There are no rehydration clauses. Stay in shape and we'll give you a call 
if needed. Thanks, buddy, for being so humble and committed. And then, and then this is Nate's reply to, to that exchange. LOL, why don't you scared pussies just fight each other in August? I'll fight someone else who can really fight. Ooh. That's why I love Nate. That's why I love Nate. But I'll let you guys go on that. I don't think this way. Okay, before I go, I don't think this way is going to be in jeopardy because if they're going to present their case, they're going to see, okay, well, this guy was clearly getting in Nate's face. And if he is a professional boxer, they could say, well, Nate felt threatened, so he did what he had to do. I don't think this altercation will affect Nate's position in this fight. But that's all I got for you guys. I'll see you later. Remember, follow me, Punch in the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Peace.